Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and uh, we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. And uh, I was just listening to a newscast that was talking about uh, unborn fetuses and are they alive and looking at the science as to whether they're alive and that the government says that they aren't alive, etc., uh, etc. Et and so they're arguing these points. And one of the things that just is actually going to be a topic of the show today, or we're going to get to it eventually, is natural law. Uh, if you know some of the people who say these things, they haven't even read Roe versus Wade, and those who have read Roe versus Wade don't understand the natural law, and those people who read the Constitution don't understand the natural law, and uh, the Constitution was written. Within the natural law, it 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 depends upon the natural law for its very existence as having any kind of authority whatsoever. And of course, that constitution was written to have authority over the government that it created. Some people say, "Oh, that the United States government was incorporated," uh, you know, in eighteen whatever. And uh, there's a couple different dates there, but it's around the time of the Civil War, and. Uh, the reality is, is if you read the Constitution, it reads like a corporate charter. And, of course, that's what it is. It's a corporate charter. But what is it? It isn't that it was suddenly incorporated in the 1800s. It always was incorporated when they incorporated it, <laughs> when they wrote the charter up. And the, we, the people, signed it. When, of course, we, the people, who is that that signed it? The we, the people, at the bottom of the document, they signed it. Eventually, other people signed on to it, including the states, one by one, when they voted on it. But then it was really an agreement with the states. It wasn't put to the popular vote of the people, and the people didn't sign at the bottom of the Constitution. They didn't ratify it by vote, but they have ratified it by participation. So let's go back to that natural law thing and... Is a fetus a baby? Is it alive? Does it have a right to life? In Roe versus Wade, it says it does have a right to life. At midterm, it has uh, an equal right, at least at midterm. They're not saying that before it doesn't have a right. They're just saying at least at midterm, it has an equal right to life as the mother. I don't know how they come up with that calculation, but they came up with that calculation. Somebody did. In an opinion. And... Uh, the reality is, is they weren't discussing in Roe versus Wade. The Supreme Court aren't, they weren't looking at the natural law. They can't decide the natural law. They're only the Supreme Court. The God of nature decides the natural law. And they try to figure out what it is, and that's dependent upon their right reason. If they don't reason rightly, they're not going to figure out what it is. And no matter what they say, they can't change the natural law. I mean, this is this has gone on for ages. Uh, a man of all season, you know, with the, the trial of the guy who suddenly found himself thrust in the position of bishop and in a war between whether this church is under the authority of the state or not came up with that reality that the king and his decrees can't change reality and neither can Parliament and neither can the Supreme Court. The natural law is not subject to the opinion of man. 
man's opinion of natural law is subject to the opinion of man. <laughs> but the natural law, you know, if you jump off a building, you're going to plummet to the bottom, even though you have an opinion that you can fly. It's it's not subject to your opinion or even your theories. So the reality is they weren't deciding whether or not there was a life there and it had a right to life. They were deciding whether or not it had a legal status that they could protect by a legal system. Now, if you wanted to deal with the issue at natural law, you would have to go to a court that can actually decide issues of natural law. And they, by the time Roe versus Wade came, you'd given up that jurisdiction many years before because you abandoned the natural law for a legal system that could offer you wonderful benefits. Free education, uh, welfare, uh, you got you got the government to take care of your parents for you. All that makes the Word of God to no effect. The Word of God is, you know, in the beginning. God said, <laughs> let there be light. God's Word is the natural law. I mean, now you can say, well, I don't believe in God. Well, you believe that there's, you know, if I took a baseball bat and hit you on the head, you would believe that the baseball bat existed. <laughs> that there was a real baseball bat. In my, something created that baseball bat. Now, somebody put it on a lathe and made it out of a hickory tree. But... uh and the hickory tree grew up. And so those are realities. But where did it all start? Well, you start back with the Big Bang, you know. There is no God. There's a Big Bang. Uh, who made the Big Bang? <laughs> who made it bang? Who lit the fuse? Uh, the reality is something started everything. Even even the, the chief uh, proponents of this idea of, you know, that everything is done by evolution and everything. Uh, uh, he sits there. In his wheelchair, and he says uh, that when they kind of back him up, you know, and, and to a corner, he finally says, "Well, he thinks that extraterrestrials came to the planet and started life here, because there's no logical way that things just came about through millions and millions of years of chemicals rubbing around in electrical soup. Um, there has to be an intelligent design, and and more and more scientists." When they see the complexity of nature, they're realizing there has to be some sort of intelligent influence. You know, whether you want to call it the eternal mind or, you know, uh, you know, Allah or Yahweh or whatever. These are these are labels you put on it. He doesn't need an ID card. You know, when I say he, she, whatever you want to call it, I don't really care. There is a divine force that is applying some sort of intelligent design to the ongoing daily creation and procreation that we see every day, every moment, all around us. And that that uh, source of pattern and creation is what we call God. Exactly understanding that it's nature, I, I can't tell you. You know, I, I think Jesus probably could tell you. But then a lot of people don't even believe that Jesus existed. 
So I can't prove it. I can see it and I can tell you about it. But the reality is that law of nature stems from that quantum, spiritual, uh, omniescence that we call God. Capital G, God. Now, there are a lot of lesser gods. And the Supreme Court is some of those lesser gods. Those are the ruling judges. But they can only rule over legal systems, which the Constitution created. The Constitution actually created and, and, and gave permission to create a legal system, and that was the Judiciary Act of 1789 that actually uh, outlined that jurisdiction, and that's still architectonic in, in place. And it is an admiralty law that has brought you into subjection or anything. It's equity. And equity looks a lot like admiralty law because admiralty law uses some of the principles of equity. So these guys going around saying, oh, the ship and the sea. Well, those are nice metaphors. Uh, but the reality is, it's just equity. But what binds you is natural law because equity doesn't have any power unless it has a legal system in which to operate in. And the legal system can only exist within natural law. And, you know, I've told this story many times before when I wrote the the first chapter of the book, Covenants of the Gods, uh, which includes the covenants with the gods many, those who say they are gods but are not, those who say they are ruling judges but really don't have any power over natural law, but do have power over a legal system. That's the Supreme Court and federal judges and state judges, each having a jurisdiction over the legal part of the legal system that they have jurisdiction over. And they can make decisions about that. And you gave them the power to do that by numerous things other than the Constitution. The Constitution is is extremely instrumental in giving them their original jump start to power. But that power has grown and grown because you haven't been paying attention to natural law. You've been making contracts, covenants with a constitutional body. Everybody has been talking about, you know, the the Bundy, Hammond, Hague situation where their land is being gobbled up. And I, I am in absolute sympathy with their predicament. I think that it is absolutely uh, Canaanite, uh, Nimrodish, Babylonic, uh, evil that is stealing their lands away and robbing them and and you know I was actually very impressed impressed with the the Hague Jr. Uh, who became a lawyer instead of roping cows uh, very good demeanor very good speaker explain and his father was a very good speaker explain far better speaker than Bundy and I'm not picking on Bundy just he's not as good a speaker as Mr. Hague who is laying out what's really going on behind the scenes, you know, how it's not just a land grab, but it's a water grab, it's a resource grab. Because what they have is very valuable and somebody wants to get it and they're using government to do it. They're using corporations to do it. And, and you know, and foreign corporations that are in bed with your government, like the Saudis are the ones who oil, own the water company that's trying to get the rights to the water underneath the Hague Ranch. And they're using 
these mindless, uh, you know, environmentalists, and I have to say that, I mean, this, they're well-intentioned, some of them, but they don't understand natural law. You know, and, and you know, I see it as somebody uh, sent a picture of uh, a bunch of coyote hunters who had shot a bunch of coyotes, and uh, they had all these coyotes out. And, of course, they're going to skin them out and take the hides. And then they're going to turn them into usable, you know, when you have coyote or wolf hide or anything like that. And you, you make a parka and it's that hair around the parka. Because of the nature of that hair, uh, it's very tough, but it also doesn't frost up like other materials. So it actually has a unique property. But nobody's going to, you know, long after man's extinct, there'll probably be coyotes running around. And but somehow this is inhumane shooting these coyotes and trapping these coyotes and you know that's so inhumane. I sent her a picture of a sheep that had its front leg ripped off while it was still alive by a pack of coyotes that probably had a wolf in it. We've we've since we saw that. I mean it just took the whole leg off. It wasn't just the end of the leg, all the way up to the shoulder, just ripped it off. The blood was still pulsing when we got there. Not exactly humane. <laughs> Coyotes aren't humane. Uh, they they kill, they they gut an animal usually. That's the, one of the ways they kill them. Uh, and then when they're crawling around trying to get away and they have their guts tore out, then the coyote comes in and kills it. And will start eating before it's even dead. And that that's the way they are. You can call it cruel. It's nature. That's the way nature works. Nature is survival of the fittest, death and rebirth, rot and decay. And that's the way it works. Man should be a part of that nature where he helps manage it. But he has to do it according to the law of nature. Most of these environmentalist guys go out there, and I shouldn't say most, but a lot of them don't understand nature at all. They're bringing all kinds of uh, their own personal trauma and emotions into the situation. And but I'm not against these people trying to you know you know cut down on abusive practices of uh, you know where people are abusing nature and all that stuff. But they don't really understand it. Those ranchers were not abusing nature. There are tortoises all over the place. It has nothing to do with tortoises. But they get these people thinking that, then they feel justified in attacking the rancher. And they're actually serving the evil of the world that wants to steal, that is coveting the water underneath the ranchers and the minerals and the other. Because once they, once they gobble that land away from the ranchers and they get ranchers off that land, they will, they will pump the water out. And they they will take the minerals and the gold and all that stuff out whenever they want. You're, they're, and it's never going back to the rancher, to the private person who actually maintained that land for you know because these ranches sometimes have been in the families for centuries, not centuries, but for over a century, for uh, you know generations, and uh, and the land is still producing and. Uh, some of them made mistakes and went out of business and others come along and they fix it. And that's the way it should be. But if you turn it over to government, you turn it over to powers and those powers are easily bribed and influenced 
and you don't know what's going on. You're sitting back watching TV. And they they just gobble it up. I mean, you don't know you don't know what really is going on. People are saying, "Well, we want to uh, give a legal status to the infant in the womb, and then they will be safe. Then they will be owned by the government, and then they can use them as human resources, which they're already doing anyway. But they're using it in the name of the people who are pregnant." They're human. They're mining the wounds of your daughters. Now they're taking them for their own profit and benefit. Of course, you want to imagine. Oh well, no, they're going to come up with amazing cures for you know cancer and and all these things because they're able to use this fetal tissue. Not not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is going to be a nightmare. Of the, the, the same as you see with genetically modified organisms. Everybody's telling me. I've had guys who think they know what they're talking about telling me that these things are without them we cannot feed the world. With them you will starve the world. Millions upon millions of people are going to die because of Monsanto's control. Already they're dying because of Monsanto's control of genetically modified organisms. It's evil. And it's a foot. And you are set up. Uh, I just listened to a number of people, former head of the CIA, uh, another fellow, uh, Pryor, who is uh, head of the EMP Commission, talking about if if we get hit by an electromagnetic pulse, which can be, it has already been produced by Korea, could be produced by very low technology, uh, with very small amount of money, could be carried in a plane and uh, and exploded over the continental United States. And uh, it's r- not only within technology, it's within the reach of terrorist governments. They could plummet the United States back to the Stone Age for over a year at least. And without anything else, you you just you wouldn't get power up. Your car, many most of your cars since 1990 wouldn't run. Elevators won't run. Refrigeration won't run. Um, water pumping station won't run. Sewage would be dumping into every river from one end of the country to the other within hours. And that sewage would carry diseases. You wouldn't be able to get drinking water. Uh, the grocery stores would be empty within. Hours, if not days, um, they would not fill up because you couldn't pump gas at the gas station. You couldn't get gas to the gas station because all the pipeline systems would go down. Uh, nuclear power plants would start going Fukushima. Most of them would be back east, and you couldn't stop it because they cannot. They cannot run their cooling systems unless the grid is up. Can you believe this? They are making these nuclear power stations where they only function. If the grid is functioning, if the grid stops functioning, they cannot keep the and shut down the system. They need the grid up. They can't use their own power to shut down. They're not independent. You, know, you always get this idea that, oh, well, a nuclear power plant, you know, might be generating electricity in the days uh, where we have this social breakdown and um, blackout. No, without the grid, most of these nuclear power plants will start overheating. And going Fukushima on you. 
and they will be contaminating the ground around you for miles and miles and miles and the people around you. You could fix a lot of this so that you wouldn't be so subject to an EMP for, according to, you know, the experts, for less money than we give to Pakistan in one year uh, for foreign aid. But they cannot get anybody in Congress to really get enthusiastic enough to start this. Uh, there's a few states that are actually starting to do it on their own, but it's a couple of years out. Meanwhile, today, we were actually hit by a coronal mass ejection from the sun. Fortunately, it was only an M-class. Now, most people don't know what that is. Coronal mass ejection is a lot like an EMP. There, there are certain characteristics, but it can do some of the same things. It can knock out power has, knocked out power for 6 million people in Quebec back in 1998, I think it was. We get hit by these CMEs every so often. Might be, you know, that one of the largest ones was a little over 100 years, the Kerrigan effect, they call it. And uh, it, it actually caused telegraph offices to burn down and wires to spark, uh, you know, telegraph wires. But we were low tech then. We didn't have the, you know, the solid state and, uh, you know, computer chip type uh, Things, but you you would actually see planes falling out of the sky. You would see <laughs> satellites crashing to the earth, uh, and within a twinkling of an eye, you would have no power. They talk about within the first weeks, massive migrations out of the cities, cities rioting everywhere, people on the on the roads, going down the roads, pulling wagons on bicycles because cars don't work. Very few of them work. And you can only get as far as your first tank of gas. And they're going out into the countryside. So, you know, they'll raid the farmers nearby. I mean, some people will try to... They they, they have no sense of coming together in an orderly fashion. They're completely ill-prepared. There will be no uh, no agencies that can deal with this overwhelming... Now, I'm not saying the government isn't preparing, but they're only preparing for a small number of people themselves. And, you know, they are stockpiling food and they do have underground shelters and they do have all these things. And like I say, I know people who actually have worked on the equipment to to drill these uh, tunnels under the ground where these people will hopefully survive. And they're already moving, you know, Langley to Colorado and all these things. It's not a secret. I mean, it is a secret, supposedly, but it's 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 easily proved. It's it's you know I know people who work in these places who see what's going on and are concerned about everybody else. They're they're worried about everybody else. But what can they do? Well, they can't really do anything to stop it. But what they can do is repent. Because the reason you can't see this is you can't see natural law. You can't see the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. You haven't been told it. And you're completely blind to an essential element of the kingdom. And we'll talk about that when we come back.
Well, welcome back. To, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm. Uh, I, I I created a web page, uh, an article that I wrote some while ago for News of Views, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be available. Actually, it is available. I was just going to put a link to it uh, at our preparing you site, uh, and it, it's entitled Water. And it's talking about the fact that you don't own your water, you don't own your land, you don't own yourself, you don't own your children, all because of a legal system that doesn't set you free but binds you up. It's not pirates, it's not fraud, it's as old as Cain himself, and uh, and it's actually older, but uh, it's at least as old as Cain and Nimrod and these other guys who bring the people into bondage. But... It is not those people that bring you really into bondage, but the fact that you abandon the natural law. And the natural law is seen in things like the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments has, you know, you know, you can, you can itemize them all up. They all come down to basic outline of loving God and loving thy neighbor as thyself. Christ made that very clear. If you did that, if you actually loved your neighbor as yourself, and you love God, you would keep the Ten Commandments. You just would do it. You you wouldn't want to do anything else but keep the Ten Commandments. If you're actually not keeping the Ten Commandments, if you're lying, if you're stealing, if you're committing adultery, if you're murdering people, that's pretty good evidence that you don't really love Jesus. Okay? <laughs> you say, I love Jesus, but I just can't stop stealing. <laughs> I just can't stop lying. If you love Jesus, you would stop because your faith would keep you from doing these things. The fact that you keep doing these things is evidence of the fact that you don't really love Jesus. And you say, well, I don't steal. I don't rob. I don't murder. You know, if I want to kill somebody in Iraq, I get the government to do it, you know. But, well, okay, maybe you didn't, you, you were even against the war in Afghanistan and Iraq and East Timor, which, you know, Carter gave all the weapons to Indonesia to go in and kill thousands and thousands of people in East Timor. I mean, he offloaded the weapons paid for by your tax dollar directly onto the ships. And those ships went directly to East Timor and killed thousands of people. But, I mean, like, you don't even know where East Timor is. So, who? what do you care, right? No, they had rape camps, they murdered, they, they're still murdering, although it settled down. But the important thing is they have established a Federal Reserve there. And that Federal Reserve now is implementing the foreign countries to come in and mine that country. It was one of the few countries that was actually operating in the black. And they had no Federal Reserve system. But they do now, and they've been conquered by U.S. weapons. Uh, Panama didn't have a Federal Reserve. It's been conquered. U.S. weapons and U.S. soldiers. Uh, Afghanistan, Iraq. Um, Gaddafi was trying to set up a gold back uh, denarii. And suddenly he fell out of grace and he's killed. Of course, that's just conspiracy theory to think that people behind the scenes are actually making these things come about so that they can get control through the money. Well, I'm going to start a series of shows, evidently, that's going to start with that money topic. Uh, but I'll be a guest. If you're part of the network, we'll let you know when that will take place. It's going to be taking place soon. And uh, it will be on another network, so I'm not going to mention it here. But if you're joining the Living Network, 
which you can do at PreparingYou at HisHolyChurch.org. And joining it is not just an email group, but the Living Network work is actually congregations of record where people are actually forming a network of people, living people, who actually are going to try to learn what it means to care about one another, to love one another. Because that's part of, you know, some of these people that are coming, they don't really love God. They love themselves. But some of them coming are beginning to repent because repenting, turning around is a process. And so you gather with them and you start doing what the early church did. You start doing what early Israel did before you get cast out into the wilderness because that's what's going to happen is you're going to all be cast out into the wilderness. Unfortunately, you're going to be pulling wagons and bicycles down roads without any electricity in the United States. Now, if you're fortunate enough to live in a third world country, you just have to deal with all the people that are rioting and murdering. Uh, but you you probably have an economy that isn't dependent upon uh, electricity and fuel. Because all that can just stop overnight. I mean, uh, the men involved in this little symposium, which we have up on the web at Preparing You, we have the video of their little talk. And it's not extremely dramatic, but you can see that some of them are very passionate about it. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it, like I said, it's, it's not, these aren't conspiracy theory guys in Montana. Uh, it's CIA Director Jim Woolsey, Ambassador Henry Cooper, Dr. Peter Vincent Pry. Um, the, these, are, these were well-respected people that are actually frustrated by the fact that the government isn't doing anything about this danger. Which has two sources again. One is the sun can cause this total blackout that it will not come back for months, maybe years, or maybe ever. Well, I shouldn't say ever. Ever is a long time. But in it, they say that as many as 90%, 80 to 90% of the population of the United States will be dead within the first year. And, uh, it will not be humane death <laughs> for all those people who are so worried about inhumane. That nature is not necessarily humane. It's not subject to what you think is fair. It's just reality. Now, would God let such evil take place? That's actually where we're going to go. We're going to discuss, uh, does God allow evil? You see, once you understand this God of nature, then you will begin to understand what you're missing. But in order to do that, you have to see the truth about you and the truth about what you're not doing and what you are doing that makes you subject to these laws of nature. Because, see, you're supposed to have dominion. But you don't have dominion anymore. You've lost it. Because you've disobeyed the God of the of nature, the God who created nature, the ruling judge over nature, and you've fallen as a spiritual and as a physical creature. And, but Christ came back to save you. Christ had authority over the law of nature. He could make the blind see, the lame walk. He could heal people just just with his touch, just with his words. 
powerful. You should be able to do that. You can't do that. That's evidence that you haven't really received Jesus as much as you need to. The fact that you're, you know, that you may be still stealing or lying or or some of these other of the Ten Commandments is evidence that you don't really believe in Jesus. Cause you, and you don't really have eternal life. Because when he was asked, what must I do to obtain eternal life? He was very clear that thou knowest the commandments, keep them. If you're not keeping the commandments, then you don't really believe. You don't really have faith. That's very important. Uh, so, what is one of the commandments that almost everybody is breaking? And it's it's one of the most unique commandments. Because most of all the commandments are talking about things you should do and things you should not do. You know, thou shalt not do this, and thou shalt not do that. They're actually talking about actions that you can actually do something. And in truth, they actually all are. But the last one appears to be just talking about what you think. You're not supposed to covet. And, that, and most people think coveting is just thinking. You know, I want that guy's stuff. It's not saying I want a car like that guy. That's not coveting. That's just wanting a car like that guy. And you go out and you earn the money and you you buy a car like that guy. That's not coveting. That's desiring and maybe lusting for that. You know, I'd like a wife just like that guy's got. But coveting is when you covet that guy's wife. <laughs> I want that guy's wife. Or a woman who wants that girl's husband. Even if she hasn't committed adultery, she wants that girl's husband. She's already sinned. She's broken the law of coveting, desiring. And this, Christ is talking about these things. That lusting after, wanting what belongs to somebody else. I want free education. So, I want that guy to work and pay for it. That's coveting that guy's labor. I want, I want somebody to take care of my parents. You know, my social security system where we paid in money, that's bankrupt. And we proved that. It's been bankrupt for years and years and years and years. And there is no money there at all. It's totally bankrupt. Supreme Court's ruled about, you know, the gods of the Supreme Court have already ruled that Social Security is bankrupt. The media kind of says, well, there's still money. We still have money coming in. You don't even have money. <laughs> you have stuff posing as money. You're so in debt. You don't have anything. The only way, the only way you have any Social Security checks coming in, any welfare checks coming in, any uh, free education, all these things, is you have to borrow money from the future. The very children that you want to educate, you're cursing with debt. And all this because you abandon the law of nature. You have coveted your neighbor's goods. And that's actually abandoning the law of nature. And and you you're completely blind to it. And your neighbor's completely blind to it. So he doesn't mind taking from you. So he will send men to your house... 
and force you, or you, if you don't pay into the free education that they want, they will take your house away. Because most, most educational systems locally are funded by property tax. You don't pay that, they're going to take your house away. And that's okay with you. And that's okay with them. And so you're taking a bite out of one another. And now you've been devoured. Has nothing to do with fraud. It has to do with covetousness. You have, you don't own your water. You don't own your land. You don't own yourselves. You don't own your children. You've been devoured. And your children have been sacrificed. They are, they will be consumed by the fires of Moloch. These are all metaphors. By the debt that you have created because you wanted stuff for free at the expense of your neighbor. You have condemned yourself. And I'll tell you how the salvation is obtained. You have to start loving your neighbor as yourself. That means you have to stop coveting your neighbor's goods. Well, many of you would die. If you're on Social Security now, you would die. We've got people, we have a minister taking care of somebody now who's going to be on dialysis. And I'm sure the government is paying for part of that, all of his care. Now, the government's not paying our minister uh, because he doesn't get... We, we don't take money from benefactors who exercise authority. We go and we help. We need an army of ministers who will go and help you take, help you take care of your elderly parents. Because you have to do that if you want to be saved. Now, you... You Now, people are going to say, oh, he's talking about saved by works. No, 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 no. I didn't say saved by works. If you're not willing to do those works, you, are not re- you don't really have faith. You don't actually have to do... You're not going to be able to do enough work. You, you can't pay the debt. It's beyond your ability to pay. You're in debt to an evil system that has swallowed you up and you belong to another jurisdiction now. And, you know, and as Jesus said, isn't it not lawful to do with mine own what I will? When you, when you die, your corporeal and incorporeal, your corporeal will be dead, but your incorporeal hereditaments will belong to another jurisdiction. You, some people call it hell. Uh, that's what you will belong to. You don't belong to God. Because you haven't really repented. See, repenting, you had, this was the, the primary lesson of Christ, of John the Baptist. You know, all the stuff going wrong at the time of John the Baptist is all the stuff going wrong now. I mean, they even had the coronal mass ejections that I'm talking about. You know, Jesus said, look for signs in the sun. They had them during the time of Tiberius. Huge coronal mass ejections, so bright, causing... You know, Aurora is so bright you could read print at night, in the middle of the night, with no street lights, uh, in Rome. Astounding. Astounding. It'll be spectacular. It'll really be beautiful. But the next day, you won't have any power. (laughs) And the next week, you'll be starving and dying of thirst. And your children will be dying of... um, disease and people will be murdering 
it's it's unbelievable how uh, how horrible it will be. And normally I don't tell you all these things because I want you to come together because of love for one another, not for fear. And and now if you come together now for the fear, you're still going to have to love to learn to love one another because the fear won't save you. Fear will actually block your ability to perceive where the Holy Spirit wants you to be. Because God's telling you what you need to do. We see it all the time. In, in, in movies and in, in dramas and everything. I mean, all this fascination with superheroes. You want to be a superhero. You want to have the power to know where to be and when to be and when to duck. And you have that power. You just can't access it. Because you won't admit the truth. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to go off into it. Maybe we'll do it in, in a later show. Uh, but there, there's a, we'll teach you. We'll teach you how to access this. Uh, but it, whether we teach you and whether you learn or not, that's up to you. We can show you how to access this deal so that you can see what's coming. You know, by the grace of God, I could see what's coming. You know, they're just now talking about EMPs and coronal mass ejections and power grids going down. I saw this over 50 years ago. I've seen the results. I've seen the vacant buildings. I've seen, you know, no glass in the windows and curtains floating in the breeze. And I haven't even got to the really bad stuff yet. <laughs> Everybody would perish. Everybody would perish. Except by the grace of God. This is how bad it's going to be. But you don't, you can't focus on that. You have to focus on the fact that you haven't been loving your neighbor. You've been coveting his goods. You have been praying to men who call themselves benefactors, but they just take away from your neighbor. And now, for the last decades, they've been taken away from your neighbor's children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren because they're borrowing against the future. It's huge. How do, how do we get back? You, you've become so blind to reality. I mean, Europe is being overrun by aliens. They're, they're, they're raping, they're robbing, they're murdering. And they're getting away with it. They're just they're controlling the streets in places, and and the police won't even go in and do anything. People complain, and they, you know, they don't do anything. They they can't. It's overwhelming, and it's only going to get worse and worse. Uh, in America, illegal aliens now can get driver's licenses. They're illegal. They 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 they're caught by the. Uh, Border guards, they're not supposed to arrest them. They're supposed to let them go. They can actually get voter cards now. They get millions and millions and millions of dollars in benefits. And they're here illegally. Meanwhile, I know people trying to come into this country legally and they have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars. They don't want to steal from anybody. They don't want to rob anybody. They don't want to cross the border illegally. They want to do it through proper channels. And they get the runaround and the hassle and threats 
and intimidation and pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just to fill out the, the paperwork. And then, then you just let all these others come in for free. Now, I, I know a lot of the people coming in, and, and I don't really think border guards and a wall is the solution. I think if you just, if Christians, all the people, all the people claiming to be Christians were actually just doing, just doing the most fundamental things that Christ said to do. It's just the basics that Christ said to do. If they were just doing that, you would have no more problems. And, and when, and bad things happen and, and grids go down and economies collapse, you would get through it. Because the Christians got through it back then. As a matter of fact, a lot of them were persecuted because people were jealous of how successful the Christians were. And yet they took no benefits from these benefactors who exercised authority. They did not go to Caesar to get free bread. They just Because they knew that they were told not to do that. And they often paid their taxes and still didn't take any of the benefits. And I can show you in the meetings back in, in 150 A.D. where uh, church people were writing the emperor and explaining what we do at church meetings. And they didn't say anything about, you know, sitting there singing and all this stuff. They, they had prayer and they probably had song. But the fundamental thing that they had was those that had shared with those that didn't have enough. Because Christians would not go get welfare, Corbin, from benefactors who exercised authority. Because they knew that made the word of God to none effect. So, amongst the Christians, they actually knew what was coming. They knew when Jerusalem was going to fall. They knew when there was going to be earthquakes. They, they knew when Vesuvius was going to explode. And they were spared. Because they were actually adhering to the natural law. They were not coveting their... They were above the dog-eat-dog world of hell. They weren't devouring one another. They were loving one another. You're not doing that. Oh, you go to church. You belong to this synod and this, this, uh, this group and all that kind of stuff. Some of you. Some of you don't even go to church. But you're coveting one another's goods. And some people say, well, we don't take any of those benefits. But then you haven't, you haven't really fulfilled the law because you're not a benefit. That's, that's the thing. Christ didn't come just not to take the benefits of Rome. He came to become the benefit of the kingdom of God by sacrificing himself, the ultimate sacrifice. John the Baptist said the same thing. If you have two coats and your neighbor has none, share. Do the same in meats. That means in bread, in food, in shelter. Help one another. Not through men of force, but through men of love. In order to do that in a kingdom way, a national way, a governmental way, you have to be grassroots congregations of small groups so that you get to know each other because you maybe shouldn't give to this guy. Maybe he's lazy. Maybe you got to get him off the couch. 
And uh, maybe you need to get his act together. Now, I know people a lot of times they can't get their act together. Their brain is going 90 miles an hour and they're thinking about this. And they can't focus and they can't. They can't stick at a job for months on end or years on end. They, 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 and everything becomes a drama and a trauma. I mean, that's very common in this day and age. It's a part of this sin. This, this trauma of not following the law of nature. And if you really want to get back, we can show you ways to quieten the mind. You know, it says study to be quiet. That's what you have to do. So that you can hear God. So you can follow God. There's a whole structure, and we'll probably talk about it in the third show, of how we can't access the peace of God because something has gotten in us. How do we get that out? We'll be back to Keys of the Kingdom for one more hour, and we'll talk more about this. Be right back. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, yeah, what we're really going to address here, hopefully in the next few minutes, is uh, why does God allow such evil to take place? Can God allow evil? Does God allow evil? Why? Why is there such evil in the world today? And the fact is, in order to allow choice 
God must allow evil. What is evil? I mean, evil, we equate it with darkness. And what is darkness? The absence of light. When you shut out the light, darkness occurs. That's just the way it works. That's just the law of nature. And so, if you shut out the truth, say, about yourself, you shut out the light about that would shine in you and reveal yourself. And this is what happens. Something happens that you don't want to see. You don't want to admit. You want to lie first to yourself. You didn't because it's painful. Maybe you know, you, you know, you're traumatized by what happened or what didn't happen. You know, you were left in the crib and you cried and you cried and you cried and this traumatized you. And you didn't want to think about that anymore. I mean, what was the sin of Adam and Eve? What did they do? They hid. They hid themselves. They didn't want to admit they had done wrong. Adam thought, happy wife, happy life. So he did what Eve suggested he do. Which, of course, is is falsehood. That isn't the way it works. And Jesus said you have to hate your family. What he means is you have to love your family less than righteousness. If your family doesn't want to go to righteousness, you can't, you can't bow down to the whim of your family. You don't actually hate them and you don't want to hurt them. You want them to awaken too. So, happy wife is not necessarily happy life. If you compromise righteousness. He did. And then he hid from the fact. And he didn't accept the blame for what he had done. His choice. It's not my fault. Eve defrauded me. (laughs) It's Eve's fault. Actually, he blamed it on God. He says, the woman you gave me. Gave me this fruit. So it's your fault, God. And we do that every day. Kids do that in the back seat. He hit me first. He started it. It's not my fault. We all do this. But when we do it in our own minds, when we have this trauma, we don't want to see the truth. We hide from the truth about ourselves. And we we put that information in our minds, where it's recorded in our minds, we close the door. You know, the uh, Scarlet O'Hara. I don't want to think about that. I will think about that on another day. So she closes her mind to this trauma. And then she can't see in that area of her mind. And anything else that's in that room, in that dark room, in that dark corner of the temple of the Holy Spirit that she does not want to see is hidden the truth about herself and other things. She's losing access to the temple. She's turning it over to whatever dark force that wants to be in there. She just doesn't want to see it. She doesn't want to see the truth. You have to want to see the truth. And the most 
it's not hard to see the truth about other people's wickedness. Oh, I can see that the you know Federal Reserve System is is a debt system that defrauds the people and will lead to absolute economic chaos. I can see that. It's those darn bankers. But that isn't going to save you. What's going to save you is what you see about yourself. It's a journey within. The kingdom of God is within you. You don't go in rooms within you. You don't clean out your temple. And demonic influences are coming and influencing your mind. From other realms. From the gates of hell itself. And you don't have to believe that. But the result of that is what you call evil today. So, you know, you got people like running for office like Bernie Sanders, who's a socialist. And you can't be a socialist and a Christian. Just can't be. It just doesn't work. Because socialism is based on the idea of coveting your neighbor's goods. You're gonna, you're, you're not gonna have dominion. You're gonna have a collective dominion and somebody's gonna get to decide who has to pay, how much they have to pay, and who it goes to. And that person has power over and dominion over his brother. That's what socialism is. You desire benefits. Free education, free health care, whatever. A new bike. <laughs> at the expense of your neighbor. Somebody else. He said, well, he should pay. He's rich. Well, it doesn't work out that way. Because you're willing to take a bite out of him, you yourself will be devoured. Because as you judge, so shall ye be judged. And you won't know this till you're on the hot blacktop, walking, trying to get to the next town because you're starving to death. And you're going to say, where's Bernie now? And he's not going to show up. And he's not going to save you. Because you you couldn't see the truth. Now, I'm, you know, you see all these young uh, people who don't even have a clue. They don't understand history. They don't understand law. They don't understand natural law. I mean, most of you don't understand natural law. And all I can do is, is bear witness and hope that you see it. Most of you will not wake up until it's too late where you're if you if you survive at all, it will be a miracle. Now, if you're already thinking, well, I got to get more ammo, and I got to get beans, and I got to get stock the cabin, and well, you're already lost because you're just trying to save yourself. Oh no, no, I'm trying to save my family too. Okay, you're trying to save you and those who love you. There's no grace in there. And before we're done, you know, I haven't told you the bad stuff yet. <laughs> You know, the, the losing all the power and starvation and and riots and murder and rape and, and you know, it, you know if this happens in Europe, oh, it'll it'll just be you know with the the influx of people they have now, it'll be unbelievable. You know there, and, but that's not the bad stuff. Okay, it's really gonna get bad. <laughs> But I'm not going to tell you because it would just scare you to death. Your salvation is in following the ways of Christ. Learning to love one another. And organize, be willing to take the time to organize yourself to love one another. You are all addicted to these benefits. You're addicted to a certain way of thinking that justifies this dark system of taking away from one another. 
that is destroying destroyed Rome, but now it's going to destroy the new Roman Empire. And there isn't going to be a corner of the earth that's safe. Not anywhere. Uh, protecting yourself is a right. You have a right to protect yourself. Uh, but not at the cost of life of others. You you don't have... Well, you, you do. I mean, if somebody's trying to kill you, yeah, you can defend yourself against him. But can you kill other people that aren't trying to kill you in order for you to be saved? You know, every time you have a fire in a theater and people are stampeding out, everybody's trying to save themselves and they're all trying to get out the door and they're actually, you know, killing people in the process. You know, walking over and crushing people. Someone who just mentioning the uh, Popot and uh, and the largest forced migration in the history of the world, at least at that time, at least that's what some people say, where millions and millions of people were forced out of Cambo- uh, out of uh, by the Camarouge out of Phnom Penh during the Cambodian War. And there were actually people on the road You'd see this thing on the road. It looked like cloth and clothes and stuff. And it was actually people that had been flattened like pancakes from the million people that had stepped on them. Because if you stepped out of line, they shot you. So everybody stayed in line and just kept walking. Millions died. That's nothing. That's nothing compared to what you're going to see. Uh, but the craziness is in. You know, boys boys get to shower in the girls' locker room because they feel like a girl today. <laughs> and people actually talk. You know, judges actually say, well, yeah, that's that's legal. You know, that's, that's because he feels like a girl, he should be able to. What about the girls who don't feel like he's a girl? <laughs> Their rights are insignificant. They're not important. We don't care about them. They don't even think about that. That, you know... They're, they're right. You know, they don't want him in there. You know, that's, that's just crazy. They, they got, you know, little kids now that are going through sex changes. Because their parents think, oh, they, he, he wants to be a girl. Yeah, he's a boy. He's got mechanically, he's a boy. But he wants to be a girl, so we're going to change him. It's mutilation of their children. Mutilation of them psychologically, even if they don't go to operations and all that stuff, but they're, they're mutilating their children. They're going a, totally against nature. And you're going to see that more and more. They, and they talk about that, perverting the natural use. And, and that's what they're doing. You know, the, the Satanic Temple uh, in Phoenix is forcing lawmakers to ban public prayer. You know, atheists were doing the same kind of thing. Because it offends them. Muslims are offended by Valentine's Day. So in some schools, they're not going to have Valentine's Day because Muslims are offended by that. What happened if Christians come in and say, well, I'm offended by a hijab or burqa? That offends me. So you can't wear that anymore. I mean, that's turnabout's fair play, right? You could do that. But it's all 
It's all nonsense. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you've, we're not supposed to say anything bad about Muslims or we could actually be arrested. And I don't really care about saying anything bad about Muslims. I mean, if they believe in the Ten Commandments, let's see them start keeping it. The same with the Jews. They don't keep it. They, they all covet one another's goods. So none of them are keeping the Ten Commandments. And if you broke one, you broke them all. So it's all just, you know, it's, it's nonsense. Muslim, Jew, Christian, most of the people use these labels. It's nonsense. You don't know them by their labels. You know them by their fruits, the fruit of what they're doing. What, what is the spirit in them causing them to do? Is it causing them to covet their neighbor's goods, trying to control their neighbors, make them wear certain clothes, make them act a certain way? I mean, you got marches where Muslims are marching through, you know, I think it was Birmingham, England, and they're just, they're yelling, you know, blankety blank the cops. Blankety blank the cops. Down with this. And they're just condemning all this. It, that's, that, and I thought that looked like hate speech. <laughs> They should all be arrested, right? And if the police don't have enough power, they should bring out the army and arrest them. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to make a law against hate speech, I don't particularly care one way or the other. I don't want more laws against hate speech. Now, I'll, I'll tell you something shocking. I'm pro-choice. Now, am I for abortion? Absolutely not. Totally against abortion. But I'm pro-choice. I think I should have a choice whether or not I have to pay for your abortion. You see, all these people who say they're pro-choice, they're not pro-choice. They want to force you to pay for their abortion. They want to take your choice. They not only they want to force you to pay for their education. They want to force you to pay for their health care. They want to force you to pay for their contraceptive devices and pills. And then when they get cancer, they want you to pay for their cancer treatment. They're not pro-choice. You see? I'm also pro-life. <laughs> so, but I'm not... You know, the labels are ridiculous. They don't see the insanity of what they're doing. Because their mind is darkened. They cannot see what's going on in their own minds. They are blind. The blind leading the blind. Saying, oh, well, he's a girl because he feels like a girl. He's got all the mechanics of a boy, but he feels like a girl. So he gets that shower, you know, in the girls' locker room. The heck with the girls are what they want. They, don't, they are not allowed privacy now. That, you know, offending them is not important. We have to feed, feed his, his uh, psychosis because we have psychosis that thinks that it's okay to rule over your brother and your neighbor and force your neighbor to do things the way you want. It's only going to get worse. You know, the spirit of taking from your neighbor, taking a bite out of your neighbor, they say, you know, let's, let's make a city and we all be, you know, like a, it will, the city will be like a cauldron and we'll be the flesh. You know, they talk about that in the Old Testament. They're talking about socialism. And they're talking about how that destroys you. You don't get it. Your preachers don't get it. They don't tell you what Jesus said was the weightier matters. 
They don't get it. They're blind guides. So what do you do about it? You wake up. You see this. You see that you haven't been loving your neighbor. You've been biting your neighbor. And you've become devoured in the process. And now they're raping you. They're murdering you. They had to get guys from out of town to do it. But they're doing it. You know, if you're in, in Sweden or Norway or or Calais, you know, I just heard an old lady talking about how bad it is in Calais, France. It's because you've been a socialist nation. That's why they, they just shower these people with benefits when they come in. You've been you've been biting your neighbors for almost a century. You should be devoured. You should be destroyed. But God wants to show you mercy and that begins when you repent. You have to see this idea that it's okay to take from your neighbor, to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare, has destroyed a part of your brain so that you cannot even see what's going on or what's coming. I mean, to me, I I look out, I see it. If I'm, if I'm, usually, I have to be in an actual physical location where this disaster is going to take place. You know, and then I will see it. I will see both images. I'll see what's there going on now, and I will see, you know, the destruction. When I first was doing this as a small child, I, I didn't understand. I thought everybody else was seeing this, and I would mention it, but after a while, I began to realize you can't tell people this. <laughs> You know, my my young sister, she was looking like, I don't see it. What are you talking about? I said, right there. Can you see it? <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't realize what I was seeing until many years later when I saw something that was only a short distance in the future. And I saw it, you know, and and then, uh, then all of a sudden it took place. What I saw, you know, only, it was really only a, maybe 15, 20 minutes before I saw what was about to take place in the room that I was in. I mean, so clearly that I could read the print in a book that was opened up in front of me. But it hadn't opened up yet. It wasn't going to open up for another 15 minutes. <laughs> it wasn't even in the room yet. It was going to come in, be put in this place, and I could read that, that page. Then I started realizing, oh, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the future. And I've told some people about it, but if I told you everything, it would scare you to death. But I'm telling you that you need to repent, turn around, and start loving one another. Because you haven't been doing that. You're not a Christian. You're not saved. You don't have eternal life. Well, you have eternal life, but you have it in a place that you will not like. Because it's where, because sacrifice draws you near. Giving of your life draws you near that God of the universe that gives life. But there's but he also gives choice. And there's a whole section of the universe on another plane that chooses not to give life, but is absolutely comfortable with taking life. It's the doggy world of hell. Doggy dog world of hell. Ruling over, taking very 
often very organized. Oh, they love organizing. You know, they like everybody walking in a straight line. I mean, you see it in the troops. They love the goose step because of the pounding, the beat. It's another heartbeat. And if you choose that way, you're drawn towards that realm. And the influence of that mind that thinks it's okay to take a bite out of one another becomes your mind. And you think it's okay too. As a matter of fact, you think you have a right to take a bite out of your neighbor. You can't even see the evil of that anymore. Oh, you'll feel the pain when they take a bite out of you. But you don't feel the remorse when you take a bite out of your neighbor. You get other people to do it. And this is where you, this is the evil. Now you're going to see all kinds of evil coming up. Where, you know, we see these ranchers, they're losing their land. It's not just ranchers and miners and private, you know, little widows who had a cabin in the woods that they inherited. They just, the road that goes out to that cabin, private land, in the middle of the Forest Service, been in the family for generations. All of a sudden they come along with a bulldozer and plow up the road that lets her get to her cabin. She can't get out. I guess she can't get to it anymore. To her property. She can't get to it anymore. Oh, well, we're closing that road. But that's my access to my... The only way I can get in. I have to walk 20 miles in. Oh, well, that's too bad. We're closing the road. We have the authority to do that. I mean, this has been going on for 20, 30 years. It's just, it's just getting... Now, they're, they're, they want to get a lot more than 20 acres in the middle of the woods. They want to get... Millions of acres. And they're getting it. We show on, on our page. We, we have a video of them laughing and joking about how they're just taking land away from people by the millions of acres. They Oh, they think they're all justified. Oh, we're doing this for environmental reasons and because we're so wonderful and we're going to make these huge blocks of private land and we're going to preserve the land. The people you work for have no interest in preserving the land. That they're they're accessing the resources and they're taking, you know, we're importing beef. We used to export. We used to feed the world in this country. It's coming a day where we can't even feed ourselves, and we can't see it coming. I've told you before. We used to have seven years' supply of grain on the farms for all the needs of the United States and all the people of the United States stored in silos in the hands of private farmers in this country. Now, we don't have that. We don't have that. The, the whole shift, I've, I've known and talked and sat down uh, with uh, grain buyers and they've seen this coming for years. That, you know, that we, all our natural resources are going abroad. Our jobs are going abroad. You know, and people get mad and they shake their fists. You can change all that for you and others if you start networking together. The most predominant form of government in the history of mankind is the government of the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Ten families get together and start caring about one another, creating businesses, providing for one another, producing for their community. And they get together with 
they connect themselves with other groups of ten families. And they, they, we see this happening in places like Indonesian Christians are doing it. Syrians are already, Syrian Christians are already doing it. Uh, French Underground did it during World War II. You can start right now. And that's what the network is. It's people caring about one another enough to come together in a network of tens, hundreds, and thousands so that you will have a place to go when the lights go out. Because most of you listening on this radio program, I don't want you coming where I am. Uh, because you're just a bunch of selfish pigs. Yo, you're going to squeal like a selfish pig when bad things happen. But if you won't come together now, if you won't sacrifice a little time every week now, start organizing yourselves now, just to help out the people that are falling between the cracks a little bit now, what makes you think you're going to be worthy of more righteous habitations? You cheat on your income tax, you'll cheat on us. You want out of the system, you just want out of paying for the system. Oh, I don't want any of the benefits, but you don't want to be a benefit. You're not worthy of a more righteous habitation. I have to be hard on you, because as many as I love, I also rebuke. But you can change that. But you're addicted to wrong thinking. So what do you do when you're addicted? AA. You know, we did a whole program on AA. Addicted. uh, Addicts Anonymous. (laughs) That's what you are. You're addicted to a line of thinking that is straight from hell. Straight from this other dimension. That is parallel stringed quantum dimension. That sucks you into the dog-eat-dog world. Where you become selfish and more selfish and more selfish. And you can tell that you're in that because as soon as things don't go your way, you you leave. You drop the ball and leave. That's a sign that hell is guiding you. And I tell you that so you know and you can repent and stop following the ways of hell and start coming together in love. Jesus knew people would abandon him. Peter abandoned him. I mean, the first time he got arrested, when he, he willingly went, guys were leaving so fast they left their clothes. They ran off naked. These are his apostles, for God's sakes. I understand that. But I have to call it like it is so that you can repent. You need to turn around go the other way. And so that's what we're trying to teach you is how that looks and how that works. And know when you're stepping off the path. We'll come back and we'll tell you a little bit more about the path and how it works and how it can change you. And open your mind and open your heart. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back. So anyway, we're talking about, you know, as far as this uh, EMP and CME, coronal mass ejection, power pulse that knocks out the electricity for the United States and Canada and probably part of Mexico and 
and could actually happen over Europe as well. Uh, Europe probably has to worry more about chemical warfare than anything else, as well as all the rioters and the helplessness of the private individual citizen. Uh, the uh, the reality is is uh, the whole world will be affected. But Jesus said, look for signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. And of course, he was not only talking about our time, but his own time. And like I said, those signs were there. And then they are followed by earthquakes, which is a part of the process, which I've explained elsewhere at other times. But right now, we we want to understand what it is that is blocking us from being the superheroes of Christ. From being... Those people who can see what other people can't see. They can see through the brick walls and know what's going on on the other side. They can, they can, uh, uh, they can actually go about saving others. Because that's their desire. They're not, they're not interested in just saving themselves. They're interested in saving others. They're willing to even sacrifice themselves in order to save others. You know, and, uh, you know, Haig Jr., that's, you know, uh, he said he'd, he'd take this fight on even if he had it to do all over again. Because he knew that we're, we're not supposed to be looking for an easy life. And, and he's probably a great guy. You know, I, I'd love to meet him. Uh, and there are other guys. You know, I, now some of these guys, some of these guys I would scold. Just like I'm scolding you now. <laughs> because as many as I love, I also rebuke. Because there are things that they're not seeing. And I could go into that. But I've already talked about it in other shows. You can, and and you can go back to the archives and, and hear these other shows. But uh, we have this huge disaster that's going to come. Even without economic collapse. Which we're going to have too. And of course, this would totally economic collapse. I mean, you know... You, people are worried about your money not worth anything. Your money isn't worth anything now. You've already gone this way. Um, if you, you know, I, I talked about the Kerrigan uh, effect, which Richard Kerrigan and, and Richard Hodgson's are uh, the guys who observed this coronal mass ejection on the sun. Now, Chinese knew about this thousands of years ago. I knew about it since I was five years old, which is over half a century ago, well over half a century ago. And, uh, I knew then when I first saw my first solar sunspot through a telescope in Bobby Maloney's yard that this was important. That, you know, and I I was just drawn towards it because this thing inside me was telling me what was coming. But I didn't have a full picture. I still don't have a full picture. I don't want it because, I mean, it's so terrible. But to show you how, you know, you say, well, I was way back in, what, it was 1859, I think it was. September 1st, 1859, that's right, it was. Sometimes I can remember these things. But anyway, um, I've seen these CMEs since. One just missed Earth. You know, we're hurtling through space. You know, the world is not really flat. That's another thing is people will start to accept almost anything uh, with bits and pieces of the truth. They have no anchor in reality. They, the eyes in their head can't see the world spinning around <laughs> because they're fools on the hill. 
And they're fools because they won't see the truth about themselves, their own anger, their own resentment, their own unforgiveness. Because most of the reasons you don't go into those dark places that begin to close off your ability to perceive reality is because you won't forgive. That's most often the case. And so you have to practice that. And you have to get together with others who are seeking to do the same thing. And if you can't stick with those others, that's a clear sign you can't forgive. If you have to abandon and leave others, you haven't learned to forgive. Or leave your responsibility to others for somebody else. That's clear evidence that you're having forgiveness issues. But anyway, back in July of 2012, you know, I've been watching the sun intensely. I mean, the internet is amazing. We actually see live feeds. Used to be able to. Now that a lot of times they, we're not seeing actual live feeds. We're seeing everything delayed a little bit. And suddenly, all of a sudden, you can't see. (laughs) I don't want you to see. But when they first started setting up, you could actually get live feeds. Uh, July 23rd. 2012, there was a coronal mass ejection from the sun. It was hurtling towards the earth, but because it was like a couple days off, it missed us because we didn't move into its path simultaneously when it was passing by. It's kind of interesting. Normally, a, a coronal mass ejection leaves the sun at about 400 kilometers per second. This one left at 2,000 kilometers per second. Uh, there's other phenomena I haven't seen hardly anybody notice. I've seen them notice uh, some of the patterns, but they haven't seemed to put it together publicly yet. That when coronal mass ejections take place in a certain location, geometrical location, on the sun. When that sun spot passes that location, if you have a coronal mass ejection at that time, something happens on the earth instantaneously. I've seen this several times. Fortunately, like the ones, the coronal mass ejection that's hitting today is only like a M class, M1. Then you go M2, M3, M4, all the way up to, you know, uh, uh, when you get into M10, you jump up to an X class flare. And then you can go X1, X2, X3, X, you know, all the way up to X, X9. And then you jump into, they don't have a number for that. They used to not even have it on the charts because they didn't think it would ever exist. But now they've seen it happen. <laughs> they say, oh, we got to add another 10 logarithms to this uh, this progressive chart. And uh, so now we have a mega flare. You get hit by a mega flare. Almost every time you see a mega flare, you see other flares, other toroidal balls coming behind it. One, two, three, four, even. Serious, serious stuff. Besides losing the grid, all kinds of stuff will happen. It will be spectacular. Your your kids will be talking about it for thousands of years. But unfortunately, most of your kids will be dead. Because so many people are going to die. And I'm here to tell you what to do to prevent that. You can't stop these events from happening. But you can change your relationship to these events. Does God permit evil? God permits choice. Most of the choices you make aren't really choices. They're a product of your mind. It's tree of knowledge stuff. And you've, you've been led to think a certain way. And, and you, 
and you certain things you don't even you can't even consider you can't even see i mean you sit right in front of people and talk about this coveting your neighbor's goods if you're beginning to see what i'm saying at all there's hope but there's a lot of people out there who don't get it at all i mean i might as well be talking greek they're not going to get it at all now they might get it when they're on that road trying to get to the next town because they're starving to death and when they're laying there in the grass and there's foam coming out of their mouth because they've been eating grass uh, you know like they did during the uh, uh, potato famines in uh, Ireland when people are just starving they would go from town to town and there was just nothing to eat and so people would eat grass eat the bark off the trees people would actually eat each other some of these events on the sun are going to cause even if you had fuel, you won't have crops. So those people who think, well, we're growing our garden. We don't depend on fuel. We, we've got water running out of the hills. and and uh, Or we got an artesian. And we got, it won't make any difference. You still won't have crops. Because of other things. You know, those other things I'm not mentioning. <laughs> so anyway. What is evil? It's the absence of God. Just like. Darkness is the absence of light. If you choose the dark side, forever will it control your destiny. It will control the way you think. You know, yeah, that's from the movie. But that's, you know, you're hearing these things in the movie because it's true. And you started down the dark path when you thought it was okay to take from your neighbor. When you made your city the cauldron and you were the flesh. And you had one purse and you began to bite out of one another. And you followed the Bernie Sanders of the world into a realm of socialism. And you've all done it. Public school is socialism. And it changes the way you think. And all I can do is pray for you. I can't make you think rightly. But you can start turning around and when you start turning around there will be another layer and another layer and another layer that you'll have to see. And you'll come to a wall and you will not want to go beyond that wall. You have to stick with it and persevere until the end and get behind that wall and beyond that wall and beyond the next one. God allows us choice by withholding His will from imposing His will upon us. But it will come in nature. He can only hold it back. It will come in nature. The judgment will come. It has to. It's in, it's in the law of nature. What you have to do is let God's will in you. You've been rejecting it because you've been rejecting the truth about yourself. You've been hiding in the garden. You're in the garden right now, by the way. You haven't left the garden. You just can't see it. You can't access it. You're fleeing it because you're fleeing the truth about yourself. Your mind is chattering away. You know, we did several shows in this series on this already. Your mind is chattering away and you need to quiet your mind. You need to study to be still. We'd like to start seminars here and start teaching you how to do that in small groups. 
you know, we've had festivals here, but we'd like to do more. But you have to start coming together. There's no reason to bring you here if you won't even come together and start caring about one another. There's no reason to set up cities of refuge when you're going to bring hell with you. And so you have to start you have to start turning around and going back the other way. You have to give weekly to your local congregation. You have to form charitable projects. And we I've talked to the ministers about this. I won't go into it now. We don't have enough time. Easy charitable pro- projects. You don't have to start whole big organizations. They're already out there. There are people out there already doing charitable work. Some of them are doing it well. Some of them are doing it not so well. Some of them are doing it very badly. <laughs> but the point is there are people already doing it. You have to gather together, understanding the tens, hundreds, and thousands, which we explain in great detail in books that are free online, and start caring about one another. Forming your your core groups, your teams of righteousness. And start getting more and more people, finding out who in your community has a sense of righteousness. And they could be the poorest of the poor. They could be the richest of the rich. It doesn't really matter. They could they could have a hijab on. And be closer to the kingdom than somebody who goes to church every week. Good. They could be black. They could be white. They could be red. They could be yellow. I don't know. I don't really... I guess that's the Chinese, the yellow race. <laughs> I don't know. It's all... I don't even see that stuff. I want to see your soul. But more than that, I want you to see your soul. I want to see what you don't... I want you to see what you have not been willing to see about yourself. Because until you do, you cannot be filled with the light of God's peace. You're hiding from the truth. The purpose of God is the knowledge of God. In you. That's that's what he wants. But you have to let him in. But that knowledge does not, not come from studying books. It's studying to be quiet. So you can hear God in your heart and in your mind. And when you do, you will start to want to sacrifice for your fellow man. You will not be thinking, how do I save myself? How do I make myself more comfortable? I mean, you need to be taking care of the elderly yourselves, in your own homes. Your parents, in your own homes. Yeah, he's cranky. So what? You need to be doing that. We have ministers who will help you do that and we will teach you to be ministers to do that. You're in. You're lost in the tree of knowledge. You're not accessing the Holy Spirit. I mean, all of you must have, if you're beginning to hear any of what I'm saying, You're beginning to touch that resource. And it's becoming a source. But you're still addicted to this tree of knowledge. And you have to turn around and get away from that. You know, these stories of people losing their land and all this kind of stuff. You have compassion. What can you do about it? Wake up. It's time to wake up. To your own reality, your own selfishness, your own denial, your own blindness, and start realizing. 
And, and there's a lot of people that are beginning to wake up and beginning to see things. We have a long ways to go. It's been a long walk to Rome. Now we have to turn around and go back towards the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And His righteousness is about sacrificing ourselves, not forcing other sacrifice out of the hands of others so that we can be comfortable. If you're still doing that, if you're still thinking that's okay because it was done by government, you're not a Christian. You haven't accepted Jesus. You may have begun to turn around, but you've got to turn all the way around. You've got to face the music of your own sin. And you may need help doing that. And the way you get help, you know, AA, what do they do? They get a sponsor. Sponsor who's gone along the way for a little while and now he's going to help you and he's helping you and he's helping you and he's helping you and then eventually in order to really help you you have to become a sponsor. That's what a congregation is. Each of you it's not some minister sitting up there and talking to you for an hour and a half. It's not singing songs. It's harmonizing in the spirit of Christ. You know, they sang songs in the pagan temples. And they harmonized songs. But they weren't harmonizing with the Spirit of God, the Creator, the Giver of life. They were harmonizing with a Spirit that likes to take from His neighbor. To take life. To control. To get everybody to march in a straight line to plow that straight furrow and then plant everything in a row. That's not the way nature works. Nature is a hodgepodge. Someday I'll tell you a vision I have of after the disaster. (laughs) There's after the disaster and millions of people dying, billions of people dying and, and the destruction that is coming. After that, now you hear me chuckle a little bit when I'm talking about this. I'm not afraid. I'm afraid I won't do right by you. That I won't take the time to rebuke you so that you will begin to start the road back to Christ. To Moses. To God the Father. Who art in this heavenly place from which life emanates like a a beacon of light. But you won't let that light in because it also shows you the darkness in your own hearts. You have to be willing to hear the whole truth, mostly the truth about yourself. I'm going to be on these other radio programs and I will go on every day to these programs. Even though I have to rush out of here as soon as I'm done (laughs) and and do other chores because I'm all alone (laughs) except for small little grandchildren. Um. You have to uh, wake up and start caring about other people. And then God will open your eyes some more. He will take the scales off your eyes and you will see things that you did not believe were possible. You're going to see things you didn't think were possible anyway, but you're going to be on the short end of the stick unless you repent and start gathering together In the character of Christ. What was the character of Christ? Who came to serve. That's why you go to congregations. To serve. Not be served. 
Not to impose your will upon others. Impose your doctrine upon others. But to give life. To give your life so that others may have life more abundant. And then God will give you more life. You will tap in to the inexhaustible divine essence from which the Big Bang came from. (laughs) If you want to do the Big Bang thing. Uh, God is the Big Bang. Yeah, you're going to find out as time goes on that a lot of these theories that are being proposed are missing huge gaps of facts and information from evolution to what have you. And we can sit and argue about that. But if we will not deal with our own spiritual and emotional and sin traumas in our own hearts, and that's why God gives us children, that's why God gives us family. That's why God gives us neighbors. Because in that interaction, by sticking and interacting with those people, we will be made aware of the dark spots in our own heart. They will come to light in the light of our neighbors. Now, our, our neighbors aren't, aren't always as full of truth as they ought to be, but they can often see our faults better than we can. But, well, you know, once you start waking up, you get to go over to your neighbor's house and show him his faults. <laughs> now, don't, don't rub it in, but he's got faults too. They're just different than yours. So he can see yours, but he can't see his. And this is why you have to come together, is to help one another see one another's faults. Because you don't get better by seeing your neighbor's faults. You get better by seeing your own by receiving the light that God is bringing you, you can change and you will heal. You'd be amazed. Joints can heal back. Minds can be healed. People who have been crippled since birth can be healed. Uh, Epigenetic DNA can turn on. And a person who was retarded, uh, deformed can be made whole again if you will receive the light enough to see your own weaknesses and weep in love and patience and forgiveness. This isn't just, you know, touchy-feely love. This is this is the two-edged sword of love that destroys the evil and makes whole them that are not whole now. But if you think you're already saved, you think you already know, you will remain blind until it's too late. Repent now. Seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness now. Turn around. Let's go the other way. Join the network. Form congregations of record. Put your hand to the plow. And and maybe we'll talk some about what a minister is not. Minister is just to connect your light with the next light. We're all fungus. (laughs) You know, trees, trees grow up in the woods and they actually communicate with one another through... Through, through fungi. 
in the ground and, and through their own roots touching one another. Cellular communication. They will actually communicate. Not complex theories of relativity, but they, they, they communicate with one another on a very low level. It's, it's in nature. You need to communicate with Christ and then share that communication with others. Bring the light of Christ in you to others. And I know some of you have done it, but we have to do it the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And then God will help us. Until then, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.